the following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Boot computer. List of today's guests. Signing in chat room. Lining up news articles. Checking levels. Adjusting camera. Secure wire connection. Restart computer. Checking video feed. With all she's got to do, you'd think Nicole Sandler was a one-woman band. Well, she is. And she's ready for another show. And now, here's the Nicole Sandler Show on NicoleSandler.com. Howdy, folks. Mangy Fedlocks here. Trump is pleading that he had the right to break the law at will for democracy. I think this is a very bitter pill since we have these checks and balances which Trump chose to ignore in ways no president had ever thought to try before. So to argue that no president before has been indicted make it idiotic. Followers revved up and quite excited. But for every legal circumstance there has to be first and with Trump that was inevitable since Donald is the worst so his sycophants should save their breath with claims he's persecuted since Trump's guilt by even Trump himself is not being disputed (laughs) you gotta be pretty damn guilty to realize that your only uh, hope is to go well uh, I was allowed to be uh, breaking the law. <laughs> it was my right. It was his right. Nice try. Thanks for listening. Mangy Fetlocks, everyone, also known as Bruce W. Nelson, the guy that I mistakenly thought was Jeff Daniels. And can you blame me? He looks like Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels sings songs and plays instruments and such. Anyway, uh, Bruce corrected me. In fine form, and I've been a fan ever since. So, um, Mangy Fatlock's there. He does at least one of those songs every day. That's actually from a few days ago. I just had it standing by. You know, funny, since the holidays are over, Parody Project has pared down their offerings. They did do one um, in the last few days, but it was too long. You know, look, I'll play three to four minutes of a parody song to start the show. But when you get into the five to six minute range... Then you're then you're taking too much time. Just just saying. Anyway, welcome to a Thursday. I am Nicole Sandler, your host uh, for the for the hour. Uh, now I know I'd been promoting that today was the day Howie Klein was going to return after the holidays, and we need to push that back another week. Um, Howie did he traveled for the first time since COVID started, and he went to India. Um, and he's back, but a bit jet lagged and under the weather. So he's like, can we just start up again next week? So what am I going to say? No, <laughs> no, you have to come on. Um, so Howie will be back next week, which leaves us a day for almost anything goes. And I say almost anything because, you know, look, most of you understand and play by the rules. But there, you know, there are some trolls out there. And this is just warning that I do not abide trolls. So feel free to try to call if you want. The number's up there on the screen uh, for those of you watching a video feed, 954-889-6410. If you have Skype, you can Skype in to Nicole Sandler. But let's begin today with the breaking news. So today was the long-awaited day for Donald Trump's closing arguments 
in the New York fraud trial. And we told you earlier in the week that, um, uh, you know, Donald Trump wanted to present his own closing arguments. And the judge was was leaning towards letting him do it. And he set aside um, uh, Judge, I always want to say Erdogan. It's not Erdogan. And I thought I spelled it out phonetically and I still can't find it. Um, judge, yeah, um, um, Engeron. See, that's why I get it mixed up. Engeron, not Erdogan. Erdogan's the, the, the dictator of Turkey. Judge Engeron is a democratic um, uh, judge for the uh, New York Supreme Court. I think or New York, yeah, I think it is Supreme Court. Anyway, the court overseeing this fraud trial. Um, the case brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James. You know, what's so funny, I've got a whole bunch of stuff to share with you about this, but Letitia James, um, you know, Donald Trump always speaks out of his ass, right? That's the technical term. And, you know, one of the things he said today when he came out of the courtroom to rant in front of the cameras was, you know, to blame Letitia James for uh, everything under the sun. And in this instance, he said this. She should be criminally liable for this. She did this to Exxon, and they drove Exxon out of New York. What? Uh, Exxon paid billions of dollars of taxes. They're now living in Texas. Uh, Exxon is uh, very happy in Texas. Other companies, because of what's happening here, are going to be moving out of New York also. This uh-huh. is an out-of-control attorney general. Uh-huh. Okay, so Letitia James was the one responsible. It's her work and her uh, prosecutions that caused ExxonMobil to leave New York and go to Texas for to have their headquarters. So um, the thing is, though, Donald, ExxonMobil left New York in 1989. Letitia James not only was not... New York State Attorney General at the time. In 1989, Letitia James had just been admitted to the New York Bar. She graduated from Howard University Law School in 87. Letitia James is a year older than I am. So, you know, um, again, Donald Trump uh, sticks his um, finger in it. I was going to say something else, but I thought better of it because this is a family show, you know. So let me share with you what happened today. Um, I, I was going to play for you the, the CBS News audio, but I, it's better to just read this article because it's so, so telling and I can insert my own opinion in the middle of it. Um, from from CBSNews.com, former President Donald Trump. And by the way, let me, uh, a word to uh, talking heads on the so-called news channels and to pundits and commentators. He is former President Trump. He is not President Trump. We have one president at a time in this country, and that president is Joe Biden. So don't call him President Trump. Don't refer to him as President Trump. He is not the president. He's the former president. Got it? Good. Okay. So former President Donald Trump disregarded restrictions impo- imposed by the judge overseeing his civil fraud trial in New York 
and addressed the court during closing arguments today, raging against Letitia James, the state's attorney general, and the judge himself for several minutes. Just yesterday, the judge, Arthur Engeron, told Trump's attorneys that he would only be allowed to speak if he limited his comments to, quote, relevant material facts that are in evidence and application of the relevant law to those facts. Well, Donald Trump's legal team would not agree to those uh, guidelines. And so uh, once again, right before court today, and, and yesterday I read to you the email that Judge Engeron sent to Trump's attorney saying, look, I've extended the deadline for you three times. And by the third time, uh, which is in like 12 minutes, uh, if, if you still cannot answer to the affirmative that, yes, your client will abide by the guidelines I've set down, then he will not be permitted to speak. And sure enough, when the deadline came and went, Judge Engeron sent a letter and said, that's three extended deadlines that you have not complied with. Therefore, your client will not speak at, at tomorrow's hearing. Today, Chris Kyes again raised the issue in court and Trump just began speaking after the judge asked if he would abide by the limits. So the judge says, will you abide by the limits? And instead of saying no, Trump starts running his mouth, which is what he does. Now, this time the judge allowed him to continue, which I don't quite understand because he was told not to. But I guess maybe this was a case of given give him enough rope. In this case, maybe he'd hang himself instead of Mike Pence. Anyway, I can continue at cbsnews.com. It says, um, seated at the defense table and wearing a blue suit and shocker, red tie. (laughs) The former guy criticized New York Attorney General Letitia James and defended his business practices, saying he did nothing wrong. That did nothing wrong. And that the state should pay me for what we had to go through. His comments came after his attorneys made their closing arguments and urged the judge to reject the state's case. James's office is seeking now $370 million for the state and a lifetime ban for Trump from working in New York real estate, among other sanctions. So once the lawyers for the state began their closing argument this afternoon, You know, uh, Trump had already left the courthouse. Um, The judge said he wouldn't issue a ruling immediately and instead plans to take several weeks before making a decision on the outstanding issues in the case. But here now they get into the weeds of it. And this is just it's just ridiculous. Um, After outlining the Trump side's argument, Kais renewed his request for the former guy to be allowed to speak in court. The judge asked Trump. He said, do you, Donald Trump, can you abide by the restrictions I put in place and limit your comments to the facts of the case? Trump said, indicated he wouldn't, but began to speak anyway. And he said, well, I think, Your Honor, that this case goes outside just the facts. The financial statements were perfect. They were perfect. The banks got their money and are happy as can be. 
Yeah. And then he said, referring to Letitia James, when you say don't go outside of these things, we have a situation where I'm an innocent man. I've been persecuted by someone running for office. And I think you have to go outside the bounds. He said that the attorney general had misused a statute designed to target consumer fraud. But then he said, this is a fraud on me. What's happened here, sir, is a fraud on me. And then he said that the state should be forced to pay him damages as punishment for pursuing the case. Then he asserted that he never had a problem before running for office and directed his ire towards the judge, because this is what every innocent defendant does in trial before the judge is set to rule. They attack the judge, right? Bullshit. Oh, sorry. I forgot. Um, To the judge, he said, you, you, you have your own agenda. You can't listen for more than one minute. This has been a persecution. And that's when Judge Engeron interrupted and told the attorney, Kais, to, quote, control your client. Engeron then continued, according to this account from CBS News. See, there are no cameras or even, you know, microphones in the courtroom. So we have to go by reporters accounts. Engeron then continued, by the way, (laughs) you said you've never had a problem. Haven't you been sued before? And Trump said, your honor, look, I did nothing wrong. They should pay me for what we had to go through. Yeah. Um, CBSnews.com continues. Trump's outburst came at the end of nearly three hours of closing arguments by his defense team. In his presentation, Trump's attorney, Kais, argued that the state failed to rebut the testimony of experts called by defense and cast doubt on one of the state's key witnesses. He insisted that the judge had to take unrebutted testimony into consideration when crafting his decision. The judge, Engeron, interrupted the defense attorney's closing statement to disagree. And he said, I should make clear that I'm not passing judgment on whether what you said was unrebutted, but I don't believe I have to accept unrebutted testimony if I don't find it credible. What this was about was in a December 18th ruling, the judge indicated that he did, in fact, find one particular one particular Trump witness credible. That's accounting professor Eli Bartov, who heaped praise on Trump's financial statements. At the time, Judge Engeron wrote, referring to the amount Bartov charged for the work that went into his testimony, which totaled at least eight hundred and seventy seven thousand five hundred dollars. Wait a minute. I got it. But with what? The, what the judge said, all that his testimony proves is that for a million dollars or so, some experts will say whatever you want them to say. That's finding him credible. This witness was paid almost a million dollars for his testimony, heaping praise on Trump's financial statements. Oh my God, it doesn't get any more batshit than that. Trump leaned in, apparently paying particularly close attention when Kai spoke about estimates of his net worth and the testimony of his nemesis and former attorney, Michael Cohen. 
<laughs> Kais honed in on Cohen's October testimony when Cohen said the former president personally authorized the fraudulent inflation of his net worth and property valuations. Again, you remember that Trump, he, he, he lies about everything. He exaggerated not only his net worth, but the, the size, not of his dick, the size of his Trump Tower apartment. Same thing, really. Right. Uh, um, uh, he said it was 10. He said it was 30,000 square feet when it was actually 10,000 square feet. Sounds about Trumpian. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Um, another attorney for Trump and other defendants, Alina Haba, 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 also focused her brief remarks on Michael Cohen, whose 2019 congressional testimony about Trump was the impetus for this state investigation. She said, Your Honor, you're not a pushover, but he thought you were. He sat here, he lied, and he instigated all of this. She and Kais both blamed accountants who were working for Trump and the company, arguing that they relied on an outside firm to safeguard them. Oh, so in other words, it's not my fault. They did it. They did it. It's their fault, not mine. Um, let's see. Attorneys for the defendants said repeatedly that the state was seeking to punish Trump and others for, quote, mistakes. Oh, please. Please. Um, and it goes on. And then, so this afternoon, just moments ago, the courthouse, the courtroom adjourned uh, because this afternoon, the New York Attorney General's closing arguments came. And lawyers for Letitia James' office argued in their closing that fraud was central to the operations of the Trump organization for years. Kevin Wallace, an attorney in James' office, said Trump and his company exposed lenders to more risk than they bargained for by lying about his wealth and the value of his properties. He said that the defendants conspired intentionally to commit fraud for a decade. And uh, it goes on and all uh, that. He also called the testimony of experts hired by Trump's team irrelevant. He said the experts were used to distract from what he said was the defense's inability to point to facts and evidence that supported their case. And, and it went back and forth. So this trial began on October 2nd. Um, CBSnews.com says it revolved around accounting minutiae of days uh, of day and days of dry testimony that were punctuated by heated courtroom outbursts and confrontations, including one today. Who knew Trump was fined twice for violating a gag order put in place after he published a derogatory social media post about Engron's law clerk. James's office accused Donald Trump, Eric Trump, and DJ Jr., uh, their company and two executives of a years-long scheme to use inflated valuations to obtain undeservedly good terms on bank and insurance deals. Engeron, in a bench trial, found the defendants liable for fraud in a September pretrial ruling. Now, much of that ruling was paused during the trial, which continued on accusations related to insurance fraud, falsification of business records and conspiracy. Um, so this, again, the reason it was a bench trial, the reason there was no jury is because Trump's attorneys were derelict and they didn't do the basic lawyerly thing of saying, we want a jury trial. 
that was on them. Miss Haba Haba Haba, I guess, didn't, was absent that day of law school. I don't know. So, you know, he can cry foul all he wants. Poor little Donnie boy. Um, the fact of the matter is they're going by the law. So, um, of course, uh, Donald Trump has raged against this case, calling it political retribution by Democrats. Yet the Democrats aren't the ones crying uh, the retribution tour. No, that's Donald Trump saying that. Um, it, it, it is amazing. Thank you, Chris Frederick. Chris uh, made a donation using the Super Chat feature of YouTube. Um, think it through says Hobble looks a lot like Ivanka. If you mean she looks a lot like she, uh, a, a plastic woman who's had lots of surgery. Um, yeah, they all look alike. Uh, the, the two, um, daughters-in-law look alike too, because nothing is normal. It's all, yeah, it's all that. Anyway. Um, so that's the latest. They just broke as we were coming on the air, the, uh, the um, courtroom let out. We saw NBC's reporter, Lisa, it's not Lisa Bloom, Lisa, whatever her name is, you know, run out behind Trump's lawyers, I guess, to get in front of the cameras and do her thing. Um, but it was showtime. So time for me to come here and say, we can talk about anything, but I got, I got a lot of news for you. You know, I did go back yesterday. It was during the show that we learned, sorry, I've got to straighten my the rug under my chair. We learned that uh, Chris Christie suspended his campaign. That's what they say instead of quit, because quitting doesn't sound so good. <clears throat> it also has to do with fundraising and, you know, um, federal election uh, regulations. So they never just say, all right, I'm pulling out. I'm, I'm out of the race. They always say, we're suspending our campaign so they can deal with debts and all that stuff. But Chris Christie called it quits yesterday, dropped out of the GOP presidential primary just ahead of this coming Monday's Iowa caucuses. And last night's so-called debate, <laughs> did you see any of that? Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Oy, oy, oy. It was a one-on-one thing. And I don't know which one is more offensive than the other. Frankly, they're both, both horrible. Um, and while that was going on, of course, Donald Trump thinks he's better than them. And so he um, he held a what they're calling a town hall on Fox, you know, with the people who who have now openly on the air said that um, there was no fraud in the 2020 election. Um, the network that was fined. Uh, close to a billion dollars to that they have to pay to Dominion voting systems for uh, for for uh, defamation because Fox and all of those highly paid news readers, <coughs> propaganda readers on their network lied about Dominion for years, um, saying that, you know, they fixed the election for Biden and you know, ad nauseum. And then since then, you know, most of the hosts still aren't uh, speaking the truth about Donald Trump, except to say that there was no fraud 
in the election. But yet they had him on last night. And from what I've read, because no, I didn't watch it. I'm sorry. Uh, from what I've read in the few clips I listened to, um, uh, you know, they got nothing. it's uh, yeah that donald trump just continues to lie his ass off in fact um i did i play that one clip hold on let's see what i have here well the the one thing i played about letitia james um but that wasn't from the uh the town hall was it all right i pulled clips Again, the, the, um, I've got some other news. You know what? Let me, let me give you a few other things before I play some clips. Um, you got the civil fraud trial, closing arguments, House Oversight Committee advanced the Hunter Biden contempt charge to the full House uh, to vote on it. Meanwhile, Hunter Biden is in court in L.A. today where he pleaded not guilty to tax charges. Uh, the, whole, the whole targeting of Hunter Biden is really... Um, sickening. But we've talked about that at length. We'll talk about it more tomorrow with uh, with Marcy Wheeler because she will be here. She didn't travel anywhere. Um, all right. So what clips shall I play for you from the madness of, uh, <laughs> of what went on last night? Um, let's see. Uh, well, I still have some clips from the day before and that House Oversight Committee with Hunter Biden, where they were, you know, debating. Well, I think it was House Oversight, right? Or was it judiciary? I get so confused. Um, but, oh, it was oversight because James Comer was presiding. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I've got clips from that. But you know what? I thought I'd start with one other thing. Um, dueling ads. Because both... Well, you know, Joe, uh, what's his name? The former guy has been running for Congress. A Congress has been running for president since, um, I guess, ever since he went down the escalator, because because that's, you know, all he did. I mean, even the day that. Um, sorry, I'm trying to find this. There it is. Even the day that uh, he first came down the escalator, right? And the day that uh, he won in 2016, the very next day he announced his reelection bid, which is unheard of in American history. No, 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 not even yet inaugurated president announces their reelection bid before they're even sworn in. But, you know, that's Donald Trump. Um it was a year, I don't know how many years ago. Do you remember he did this ad? He put out an ad that, you know, had religious overtones in it. And it was like, and on the seventh day, God created Donald Trump. And it, it, it was on and it sounded really familiar to a lot of people. Well, it turns out it was plagiarized from a Dodge, Ram, I think Ram truck ad done with the conservative, he was conservative commentator, Paul Harvey, years earlier. There was a Dodge Ram truck commercial done by Paul Harvey, you know, and that's the rest of the story, that guy. And um, they plagiarized it for an ad for Trump. Now, I think that one came out of the Trump camp. Was that Trump or was that, I'm, I, get, I get them confused. 
I think it was truck, but Trump, but it might have been, you know what? It might have been Ron DeSantis. I'm getting my guys with an inflated God image of themselves confused. I think that was DeSantis, actually, now that I'm talking about it out loud. But never mind, never mind, because Trump has his own. Now, in his <clears throat> defense, I, I don't really know that it's defense, um, his camp didn't produce this thing. No, they did not. Um, his camp didn't. Some supporter did, apparently. And I just have to play it for you. But wait, I need to minimize it on the screen because I need to be on there with this thing so I can laugh at it and openly mock it while we're playing it. Because it, uh, if I let it play without commentary, that would be on me. And it's so offensive that I won't go there. Um, so I need to be able to snark at it uh, in midstream or or I can't play it. So bear with me as I'm setting up uh, the shot because, you know, I'm not only the producer and the host and the webmaster. I'm also the director of this thing. And hold on, I need to put uh, one more one more thing on here. Um, so, so, okay. So this is, it may not be an official Trump campaign ad, but he re truthed it. Is that how you say it? He reposted it on his, uh, social media abomination. Anyway, um, it goes like this. All right. You ready? Get ready. Do you have a barf bag handy? Because you're going to need one. All right. Take it away, videotape. And on June 14, 1946, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God gave us Trump. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, fix this country, work all day, fight the Marxists, eat supper, then go to the Oval Office and stay past midnight at a meeting of the heads of state. So God made Trump. I need somebody with arms, strong enough to rustle the deep state, and yet gentle enough to deliver his own grandchild. What? Somebody to ruffle the feathers, what? tame wait, cantankerous wait, hold on, hold on. world economic. Gentle enough to deliver his own grandchild? Are they now saying he's a doctor too? He delivered his own grandchild? Wow. Okay. All right. Keep going. Forum. Come home hungry. Have to wait until the first lady is done with lunch with friends. <laughs> then tell the ladies to be sure and come back real soon. Now, now, oh, and whoa, it. whoa. And they just showed in the video a picture of mal malaria stumbling. What the hell was that about? Was that meant to make her look bad? Donald, a misogynist? Go figure. Oh, my God. Okay, wait, there's more. Hold on. So God gave us Trump. I need somebody who can shape an axe but wield a sword, who had the courage to step foot in North Korea. Okay, I'm sorry. And can wield a sword, and it showed him doing that silly dance with the Saudis, the sword dance oh my god and now shows him with kim jong un who can make money from the tar of the sand turn liquid to gold who understands the difference between tariffs and inflation will finish his 40-hour week by tuesday noon but then put in another 72 hours All right. so god made trump 
please. Come on. With the executive time, remember the executive time? He finishes 40-hour week by Tuesday. (laughs) The man spent more time on the golf course than he did in the Oval Office. And, of course, spent more time in his in the residence than he did in the Oval Office. He wouldn't come down till about noon, and then he'd be up there at 5 o'clock with his um, whatever he brought up there that didn't belong up there. Okay, keep going. God had to have somebody willing to go into the den of vipers, call out the fake news for their tongues as sharp as a serpent's. (laughs) The poison of vipers is on their lips, and yet stop. So God made Trump. Oh, God. God said... I need somebody who will be strong and courageous, who will not be afraid or terrified of the wolves when they attack. A man who cares for the flock, a shepherd to mankind who won't ever leave nor forsake them. I need the most diligent worker to follow the path and remain strong in faith and know the belief of God and country. Somebody. Wait, he's humping the flag. That's how you know his 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 love for god and country is great because he humps the flag cuz that makes perfectly good sense to me right who's willing to drill bring back manufacturing and american jobs farm the lands oh, secure goodness. our borders build our military fight the system all day and finish a hard week's work by attending church on sunday and then his oldest son turns and says, where he says two Corinthians, two Corinthians. Is that it? That's the good one, right? Two Corinthians. Dad, let's make America great again. Dad, let's build back a country yeah. to be the envy of the world again. Yeah. Junior said, let's make America great again. Not you mean it wasn't a Ronald Reagan slogan. Oh, wait, it, it was. So God made Trump. okay oh my god all right so this is the logo for the idiot who produced this um thing all right so there's that right it it, it just astounding you know um so by contrast i want to play for you something else let me um play for you the first official ad from the Joe Biden campaign, because that is out. You ready? Let's see if this- January 6th was a very interesting day because they don't report it properly. People in that crowd said it was the most beautiful day they've ever experienced. There was love in that crowd. There was love and unity. I call them the J6 hostages. Of course you do. Not prisoners. I call them the do. hostages. There will be a lot of pardons and commutations of uh, J6 defendants, January 6 defendants under your administration. Yes, absolutely. They were there with love in their heart. That was an unbelievable and it was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day. A beautiful day. And it ends with a Donald Trump tweet. January 6th. See you in D.C and a Biden-Harris logo. That is the first official ad for Biden-Harris of the 2024 
election cycle. Um, pretty good. Yeah. You know, Philip in the chat room says Trump says interesting and beautiful about January 6th. That's because his vocabulary is made up of about a dozen words. And they're all on about the third grade reading level. Yeah. In case you're wondering. All right. So, um, as I understand it, God killed many, but devil none in Bible. I have no idea about the Bible. And you know what? Neither does Donald Trump. But I don't claim to know anything about the Bible. He lies and says he does. And what doing the Donald Trump hand thing. And what I don't understand is the people who allegedly live their lives by the Bible back this guy, the pussy grabber, uh, the guy who does everything that the 10 commandments warns you against covet thy neighbor's wife. I, I, I don't know if that's one of them, but the things like everything he does cheat people, you know, worship false idols. Again, I'm not sure that these are the 10 commandments because I'm a godless person, but Oh my, Oh my God. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's the split screen of life. There's reality and there's batshit idiocy. And the disconnect in my brain is still that so many in this nation are batshit crazy idiots. I mean, I have a hard time believing it, but I guess it's true. And, and the thing is, I, I'm not saying that they're inherently stupid. I'm saying that they were made that way by society, by the dumbing down of our education systems, by the, 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 the bleeding our education uh, systems of money. You know, uh, they have this voucher program now in Florida that DeSantis, the idiot, is bragging about. He said in, uh, in the few minutes that I watched in the so-called debate last night that Nikki Haley failed at uh, battling the teachers unions because she didn't get vouchers to replace the public school system. I don't think that was Nikki Haley's choice to not go full in voucher. I think she was defeated. Um, and what can I say about my former state of Florida that they went for this nonsense? So the public schools are being bled dry by, in many cases, wealthy parents who can well afford to send their kids to private school if they want to using their own money. But instead, they will take the state money that the state allocates per pupil to the school they attend. They will take that, putting the other kids who go to public school at a disadvantage, and then they can pay the balance to send their kid to whatever private school they want, where the kids who come from less financially stable families can't do that because the voucher isn't enough to pay for full tuition at a private school. It's enough to pay partial tuition. But the wealthier maggot parents are taking the money, bleeding the school systems dry, and, you know, screw the poor people. Are there no workhouses? Oh, I'm sorry. Christmas is over. But, you know, this is where we go. This is where we are. It is, it, 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 it's, it's really sad. It's all just 
horribly sad. So, um, uh, let me see. I think there's some other news. Um, I have Trump held town hall on Fox and I pulled no clips. It's because I don't want to talk about him. I really don't. Um, You know what I do have, though? I mean, I've got stuff. An avalanche in Lake Tahoe? Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis fighting, but who cares? Neither one of them are going to get the nomination. And I really seriously doubt Trump would pick either one of them as his, uh, vice presidential running mate. Here's my prediction. He's going to pick someone like Tucker Carlson or Steve Bannon or, oh my God, perish the thought, Stephen Miller. It's going to be somebody who's not currently in politics, somebody who does not hold elected office, probably who's never held elected office because he doesn't believe in elections. He doesn't believe in fair and free elections. We see what he tried to do to the last one and is already trying to do to the next one. Yeah, Lisey in the chat room says, I will never understand how anyone could be so conned by the grifter Trump. Yet they are. This is what I don't get either. So, you know, um, there is a bit of good news today out of Ohio. Grand jury declines to indict Ohio woman who had a miscarriage. I never, ever, ever thought I would say those words. Thank goodness that I'm saying that the grand jury declined to indict her rather than grand jury indicted woman who had miscarriage. Oh, my God, that that would make me kind of apoplectic. But in this case, it's good news. The grand jury in Ohio said, hell no, we're not indicting a woman who had a miscarriage. She had been charged with abusing a corpse. Abusing a corpse? Are you fucking kidding me? A woman had a miscarriage. It's a health issue. And the authorities in Ohio charged her with abusing a corpse? Charges against Brittany Watts were immediately dismissed. What it doesn't say is if Brittany Watts can sue the authorities who charged her with a crime for having a fucking miscarriage. I'm sorry. You know, I try, I'm trying to hold back. I'm trying not to be so, uh, you know, angry and cursing so much. Some people call it swearing. I come from New York where we called it cursing. But in an instance like this, I see no other response. How else do you respond to a, a authorities, to, to, to a DA in Ohio who charges a woman with abusing a corpse because she had a miscarriage. Ugh, I just, th- this, this nation has gotten so ugly. Ugly. Yes, I said ugly. I, I just don't get it. But thankfully, um, the charges were immediately dismissed. And, uh, you know, now I want to see this happen in Texas. I want to see it happen in Florida. Oh, Florida, where I no longer vote. Citizens in Florida got the abortion question, um, enough signatures to get it on the ballot in November. Can this dictator wannabe more on death sentence really enact a six week abortion ban in the state of Florida? And, um, 
the democratic process is working its magic there in Florida um, uh, because they were going to get this question on the ballot. The the only, you know, the, the, the good, the only positive side I see coming out of uh, death sentences, so-called presidential campaign is seeing him drop like a stone. He is so out of his element in, in New Hampshire. Ron DeSantis, I think is in fifth or a distant sixth, place. he's under 5%. Ron DeSantis who started the race in second place because they lied to the American people by saying, oh, he had such a, a, a groundswell of support in Florida. He won by such a huge margin. Well, he won by such a huge margin because everybody stayed home. In his first election for governor, Ron DeSantis won by like a half a percentage point over Andrew Gillum. Andrew Gillum, who frankly should have won. Um, should have won. And then he had some, you know, problems after being beaten by DeSantis by such a slim margin. He, he, you know, he lost it. And it happens to the best of us. Ron DeSantis went on to be governor, went on to have Donald Trump, you know, tout his backbenchedness in the House, because that's what he was. He was a backbencher in the House. And um, and, uh, and then Ron DeSantis, after he won re-election, thought his shit didn't stink. And he's like, I'm going to challenge Trump. I'm so popular. Everybody loves me. No, they don't, Ron DeSantis. And the minute the rest of the country heard your whiny little voice and saw that you have six inch lifts in your heels because you're a little short fucker, um, they, they, they ran away from you as fast as they possibly could. And Ron DeSantis now sits at about 5% in New Hampshire. Um, uh, He may not make it to New Hampshire. He may have to drop out after Iowa next week, which would make me laugh um, because he is who he is. Yeah. So, um, but again, it's not only presidential politics that are batshit crazy. We have a Republican House of Representatives That is embarrassing. As an American, I am embarrassed about these people. And I use the term loosely. Um, (laughs) You know, I I am going to go back to this hearing yesterday with uh, the Hunter Biden uh, contempt hearing in the House Oversight Committee because I pulled uh, video and it's just too good not to share with you. And you guys aren't calling. So if you're not going to call... I'll keep talking because, you know, that's what you pay me the big bucks to do, right? That was a joke. Just in case you're wondering, it was a joke. So there are a lot of big names on both sides of the aisle on the House Oversight Committee, um, including Jamie Raskin, thankfully, for the Democrats, and a twerp from Florida. I think he's a freshman, but he might be a sophomore uh, sorry, that's the way the announcer on Jeopardy says it. Sophomore um, Byron Donalds of Florida. He's the Uncle Tom. I'm sorry. He's the black guy from Florida who, for some reason, you know, supports Donald Trump and um, and and even inserted himself into the speaker's race going up against Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> the whole thing is just so absurd. Anyway, so uh, Byron Donalds 
tried to, during this hearing yesterday, tried to do like a little ad for the Trump Hotel when the subject was emoluments. You see, this whole case against Hunter Biden is the Republicans claiming that um, that that Joe Biden's family has enriched itself off of Joe Biden's political career, which is, as we all know, bullshit. It's just bullshit. They're trying to talk about today. I heard they were talking about the size of Joe Biden's house. He's got a house that he's lived in for, what, 30 years in Delaware. It's not a huge house. It's his house. His son, uh, Hunter Biden, never worked in the Biden administration, never worked for his dad in any capacity, was not, he was, he's a family member and he had no financial or policy or any other kind of interest in that administration. And yet that's what the House Republicans are alleging in this impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden and this um, contempt charge and witch hunt against Hunter Biden. So here's an exchange from yesterday's contempt hearing in the House Oversight Committee between Jamie Raskin and uh, Byron Donalds. Distinguished delegate from the District of Columbia, and I need to correct the record because of several false statements made about the Foreign Emoluments Clause, Article 1, Section 9, Clause 8, although I do... Uh, appreciate the gentleman from Florida's attempt to at least engage on the matter of substance that uh, was raised so powerfully by Ms. Crockett. Now, let's start with this. Article 1, Section 9, Clause 8 says that the, neither the president nor any member of Congress can receive a present in emolument, which means a payment, an office or a title from a prince, a king, a foreign government, quote, Mr. Donald, of any kind, whatever. Of any kind, of any whatever. Kind, whatever, without going to Congress first and obtaining the consent of Congress. There's no hotel exception, Mr. Donald. No to the hotel exception. Clause. There's no international real estate syndicate nope. exception to the Foreign Emoluments Clause, Mr. Donald. And also, I, I will take you up on your challenge to see whether uh, the Trump Hotel in Washington, the Trump Hotel in Las Vegas, the Trump Hotel on Fifth Avenue, the Trump Hotel at UN Plaza, the four of the more than 500 businesses that we got documentation for, whether they actually had the same level of business coming from Saudi Arabia, the communist bureaucrats of China, who were the leading spender, as you know, if you've read our report, the United Arab Emirates, Indonesia, yep. Yep. India, yep. Egypt, and so on. I, I will, we will make that comparison about what was done before. If you get the chairman to call off the ban on further documents coming from Mazar. <laughs> Have you ever stayed at a Trump hotel, Mr. Ex Raskin? Excuse, no, and I would, never would stay at a Trump hotel. I've got too much self-respect and stay concern, at for <laughs> concern for hygiene. So, but in hygiene. any event, uh, <laughs> Mr. Donald, you're totally wrong about what the Foreign Emoluments Clause stands for. Uh, Abraham Lincoln... Yeah, uh, okay, so there's Jamie Raskin going off on Byron Donalds, who someone in the chat room said he should just call himself Donald Byron's. Yeah, yeah, because he, the Trump thing um, uh, in his, you know, in his closing uh, of the hearing yesterday, Jamie Raskin had a few messages for his friends and it on was the a, other side of the aisle. It was a great aisle. business grift for a guy who went bankrupt several times. 
And yet, out of some misguided partisan loyalty, you're going to stick with him. I don't even know why you stick with him. He was a Democrat longer than he was a Republican. Yep. He wanted to run for president on the Reform Party. You guys have been taken over by an absolute con man. And now you're acting like members of a religious cult who don't even remember how you got in in the first place. Oh, boom. You go, Jamie. There's one more here. I mean, John F. Kennedy was, was uh, offered citizenship by the people of Ireland because they loved him so much. And he refused to take it, saying that even though it didn't violate the letter of the Monuments Clause, it violated the spirit of the Monuments Clause. And Donald Trump converted the presidency into an instrument for self-enrichment. Yep. He raked in millions of dollars from the most corrupt governments on earth. Hello. Who came in with specific favor favors that we document in our report that they got from Donald Trump. I beseech my colleagues, I will read any book, any magazine, any speech you've given that you want me to read. Read this report. Yep. And come back and tell me if you think Donald Trump did the right thing in converting the White House into a for-profit operation. No other president in American history has come anywhere close. And you ask why he's so determined to stay in office that he would unleash violence against his own vice president, the brother of your colleague, of our colleague. Yep. Why would he do that? It's because it was a money-making operation, and it was, a, it was a great business grift for a guy who went bankrupt several times. And yet, out of some misguided partisan loyalty, you're going to stick with him. I don't even know why you stick with him. He was a Democrat longer than he was a Republican. <laughs> he wanted to run for president on the Reform Party. You guys have been taken over by an absolute con man. And now you're acting like members of a religious cult who don't even remember how you got in in the first place. Oh, man. Jamie Raskin. We say return the profits, Donald Trump. Return the profits. $7.8 million. Oh. I've got a letter, uh, Mr. Chairman, I'm going to share with you telling Donald Trump to return these $7.8 million. Please. It's a small fraction of what he raked in. We want to know about the other two years in office. We want to know about... Uh, the other businesses, not just those four that we were able to get information on. And we want to know about every country on earth, not just the 20 uh, autocracies and dictatorships that we found. This is our government. This is Damn our straight. constitution. Hell and we're going to yeah. stand up for it yeah. against Donald Trump and anybody who follows him to the path of oblivion. Abraham Lincoln started your party as a third party to replace the Whigs because they wouldn't take a moral stand against slavery. It was a pro-freedom, anti-slavery. Oh, oh, keep going, Jamie. Oh, my God, I hate that the clip got cut off. How fucking brilliant is that man? Wow. Everything he just said, that should be required viewing over and over and over and over again. And by the way, someone in the chat room brought up Jamie Raskin went ballistic when Marjorie Trader Green again attempted to introduce again Hunter Biden's dick pics. This is what happened. I, I ask unanimous, con unanimous consent to enter information for the record. No. What's the information? Well, even even James Collar says, what's the information? Thank you. I reserve the right to object. That's Jamie Raskin. I reserve the right to object. The, the minority has not provided a copy of the material for the record. In the past, she's displayed pornography. Is yep. pornography allowed to be, or pornographic photos allowed to be displayed in this committee room, Mr. Chairman? It's not pornography. <laughs> Okay, well, you're the expert. I'll you're the expert. I'm, you? I'm not an expert, Mr. Raskin. Seems like it. Mr. Chairman, I Mr. Chairman, I object. Everybody objected. God, she's just... Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, 
it, it's it's lovely. Um, but but it, there was more. Oh, we're getting close to the end. All right, let me share with you uh, Eric Swalwell because Eric Swalwell gives some pretty good uh, sound bites too, and um, he can go there with his outrage. Then I'll come to you. I think. Mr. Chairman, is this a joke? Mm. Is it a joke? Good question. Seriously, is this hearing a joke? This is a committee that now cares about subpoena compliance, and we're going to hold somebody in contempt for subpoena compliance? That's really interesting because, to me, it seems like you believe we all had our memories wiped 608 days ago (laughs) when you failed to honor your own subpoena. You see, on May 31, 2022, as the January 6th committee was investigating the greatest crime ever committed in America with the most arrests, the most convictions, a crime against our Congress, our Constitution, our democracy, all they wanted was for you and a few of your colleagues to cooperate, to provide any information you had. That's all. And what you all did... For 608 days. Oh, he's got a countdown. And counting. You didn't show up. Did not show up. And you want us to take this proceeding seriously where you have an issue with somebody else's compliance with a subpoena? Somebody who actually is willing to come forward publicly, something you were not willing to do, something you and Mr. McCarthy and others who were asked to testify were not willing to do. Nope. So seriously, is this a joke? Is it a joke? If it's a joke, great. This whole Congress has been a joke, so it would be in line and on brand with what has been taking place. But I have to ask, like, how dumb do you think the American people are Pretty dumb. that you would seek to hold someone in contempt when you are 608 days, 15 hours, 21 minutes, and 47 seconds out of compliance of your own subpoena? I don't know, Mr. Chairman, if, if it is your practice to look the other way when crimes are committed but it's not my practice and it's not my colleague's practice. That was Eric Swalwell. And he gives as good as he gets. And boy, they get. Um, I don't know if you heard, it was just a few days ago. Some person, damn it, I've got to go through my old show sheets to find out where. Some person, I think on the East Coast, some older, go figure, white guy, uh, was arrested for making death threats against Eric Swalwell and his family. But you know what? The death threats aren't only going against Democrats these days. No, they're going against anyone who dares to not support the former twice impeached, failed insurrectionist, former, former. I can't get her to former guy. I can't get the word out president because sorry donald trump was never legitimately the president he just wasn't but the democrats you know rat they've done this time and again al gore did it he accepted the results when the supreme court said now we're just going to give it to george w bush because you know jeb our state and it's you know yeah we're it's it stop counting no you don't have to count all the votes we anoint uh Georgie W president because you know it's Florida Jeb asked us to stop counting so we stopped counting and Sandra Day O'Connor said okay 
And Al Gore said, I won't contest it because probably a, a con- contesting the results of an election might do more harm to a nation than good. Little did he know that George W. Bush would look the other way when a terrorist attack came and uh, 9-11 happens because he didn't read the presidential daily briefing of August. That said, bin Laden, de- bin Laden determined to strike in the United States. And, you know, the rest, as they say, is history. Just think how different history could have been, would have been, if the Supreme Court hadn't stepped in and said, no, we anoint W president rather than count every damn vote. Have we learned anything? Apparently not, because Americans have short memories. Don't let history repeat itself again. Tomorrow, Marcy Wheeler will be here. And she didn't just travel, so there's no jet lag and there's no getting sick on the plane. So uh, we'll, we'll see Marcy Wheeler tomorrow and uh, Howie Klein next Thursday. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great night and uh, peace out.